What's up, guys? Thank you so much for listening to and supporting Picture Lock. I absolutely love film, as you know, and have given my life to studying the medium. As a filmmaker, I understand what it takes to make a film from its inception to the big screen. As a critic, I've been able to see the business of film from the marketing side of things. And as a film festival director, I've been able to see the distribution side, but more importantly, the enormous amount of talented filmmakers out there creating and crafting stories from their heart. And that's why I've started Picture Lock PR. If you're a filmmaker or producer looking to engage audiences and create relevance around your latest or upcoming project, head over to PictureLockPR.com. We can help you with your film's publicity from pre to post-production. Get more information and see the clients we've helped in the past at PictureLockPR.com. PictureLock PR. Finally, a partner as passionate as you. Listening to WERALP Arlington 967 FM. This is Picture Lock. Welcome to another episode of the world famous award winning show. I'm your host, Kevin Sampson, filmmaker, film festival director, film critic, film publicist, and lover of film and TV. You can find all the back episodes and so much more at PictureLockShow.com. I've got a packed show for you guys this week. The Middleburg Film Festival is going on right now as this airs, and I talked with the founder and executive director, Sheila Johnson and Susan Koch, about what you can expect to see at one of my favorite fests. I talk with DMV actor Nick Gross about his career and how going after what he wants has helped him. Radio listeners, you're going to want to subscribe to the podcast for the after show segment I had with Nick, and he gave some great tips on how he addresses PR and marketing with his career. Finally, I talk with the director of programming for the Washington West Film Festival, Ariel Lee. Ariel gave me the goods on what you can expect to see at the festival taking place in Reston next week. But first, friend of the show and epic film guy Brian Loy stops by to give his thoughts on Halloween, which hits theaters this weekend. It's going to be a good one, folks. And that's all ahead on Picture Lock. Everyone in my family like turns into a nutcase this time of year. Yeah, I mean, your grandmother is Lori Strode. She was almost murdered. Wasn't it her brother who murdered all those babysitters? No, it was not her brother. That's something that people made up. Do you know that I pray every night that he would escape? What the hell did you do that for? So I can kill him. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you just heard the trailer for Halloween, and I got to say, man, when I first saw this trailer, this is like one of the trailers this year that just got me so excited about seeing the film. I have not seen the film yet, but amazing friend of the show, Brian Loy, a.k.a. Loy Sauce, has seen this film uh, over at the Epic Film Guys. They've already posted a spoiler-free review um, Brian, first, welcome back to Picture Lock. 
Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a while. It's been a hot minute, but I'm happy to be back and talking with you about movies. Yeah, man, I'm definitely glad to have you. So, all right, uh, let us know, Brian, like you are a huge uh, movie fan in general, but definitely horror. I know, you, you know, Halloween has a special place in your heart. If you could set up the audience's expectations for this film. Absolutely. Well, expectations are high because this is a film that touts itself as the true direct sequel to the original Halloween from 1978. So uh, 40 years uh, and tons of sequels have already you know, happened in the franchise. Uh, John Carpenter's coming back to executive produce and do the music. You have Jamie Lee Curtis returning in her iconic role as Laurie Strode. So for fans, this is basically a dream. All of the uh, you know, all these elements are coming together to make it, you know, the ultimate Halloween sequel. And I have to say, I was not disappointed by this film at all. Um, I thought that this was a film that respects the integrity of the original film, while also being its own thoroughly modern interpretation. And it is a true sequel because it does ignore the events of the previous sequels from Halloween 2 onwards. So this ignores all of the continuity except for the original film. Uh, and it does address how Laurie Strode as a character has changed in those 40 years since. You know, she, was, she underwent trauma that Halloween night 40 years ago. Uh, and you see how it affects her character. And Jamie Lee Curtis is phenomenal in this role. Again, she's a badass. It's almost like the Sarah Connor version of Laurie Strode because she has, she's installed booby traps in her house. You know, she's trained herself um, and, and in self-defense. And um, she's basically preparing for Michael Myers to come back. Uh, she has that line in the trailer, you know, I prayed every night for 40 years that he would escape so I could kill him. But she approaches this role with a sense of, you know, badassery. But also, it, it is a very human performance, and it is a very emotionally affecting performance. And make no mistake, it is her movie. Um, you do see her, uh, her daughter, played by Judy Greer, and her granddaughter as characters as well. And it's almost, the, the movie is almost about trauma and how it affects, um, you know, generations. So yeah. I thought that was an extremely interesting way to approach the story. And Michael Myers himself, of course, he escapes and he returns to Haddonfield. And it, this is the one of the most brutal interpretations of Michael Myers we've seen on screen yet. I mean, uh, if you check the Epic Film Guys uh, podcast, you can see Epic Film Guy Justin did a did an excuse me did an interview with James Jude Courtney who played. Uh, the shape or Michael Myers in the new Halloween movie. So um, it's a great interview. I invite everyone to go check it out. But uh, James Jude Courtney does a terrific job in taking over the mantle or the mask, I should say, as Michael Myers. He is amazing in this movie. The way he, the physicality of the little head tilts and the, the way he brutally attacks people. It's a scary film. Let's make no mistake. It is a scary film. It's also <laughs> a funny film. Uh, it's co-written by Danny McBride. If you know Danny McBride, he's bounding down, you know, his uh, spots in all these comedies that he does. Um, it, it is a funny film as well. Not all of the humor works. If I have to say a few negatives about the film, which there are not that many. This is me nitpicking, to be honest. There are a few uh, spots of humor that don't necessarily work, for, that, that didn't necessarily work for me. But um, 
I can imagine it'll play well in like a packed audience, a packed house. I think people are going to eat this up. I feel like you can take your like your mom to go see this movie, and it, it, it's <laughs> a movie that I feel like everyone can enjoy, right? right. Even though it is brutal, it is intense. Um, but it's a movie that I feel like is a crowd pleaser. Um, and it's the perfect Halloween treat, I feel like. If you're going to the movies this Halloween, I feel like this is the one to see. Man, that is awesome. I am, I'm so excited uh, about seeing this film. Um, it's definitely one, like, I'm not a huge horror fan because at some age, like, it, it just, this bulb or, you know, switch went off and, like, I, this stuff sticks with me. But off of nostalgia alone, like, I have to go see this film. Um, I think one of the things about like these early, you know, as they kind of say, the early screen queens, but like these early horror films, especially with Halloween, like it really set up some of the visual language for horror that we see today. Um, and, you know, a lot of times we have jump scares and all that kind of stuff, and it's way overdone nowadays. But these films and, you know, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, they really set up some of that, that language. So I'm really excited to see kind of this direct sequel. And not only that, like, I, I think what you're saying is just amazing. Um, the fact that in our lifetime, we're, we're able to see where, like, 40 years of, you know, an actor aging and still being around to pick up the reins where she left off with this role, I think it's just going to be uh, an amazing thing to see. Um, obviously, you've seen it, and you're giving it your stamp of approval, so I'm really excited. Uh, Brian, if you could, um, let folks know how they can follow you as well as the Epic Film Guys. Absolutely. So, yeah, check out the Epic Film Guys podcast um, on all of your, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Spotify now, uh, Podbean, iTunes, check us out. Um, we're Epic Film Guys on Facebook and Twitter. They can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Go. So that's where they can find me. And uh, just finally, I will say that this is the best Halloween sequel since the original. Not perfect, but it closely, it, it's the closest any of the sequels have ever come to recapturing the magic, the horror, the class, the craft of the original. So thumbs up for me. Man, so really quickly, would you suggest that people go watch the original Halloween before they see this uh, sequel? Yes, by all means. Okay. I mean, I will never not say you know, <laughs> I'll never say don't watch the original Halloween, but absolutely, because this this is a direct continuation. Nice. So a good refresher, um, maybe uh, Thursday night, you know, get your uh, original scare on and then Friday go see the sequel. <laughs> That's For sure. Awesome. We're showing here at the Alamo Draft House, where I'm the uh, creative manager and programming director. Tonight, we have a screening of uh, the original Halloween before the new one comes out tomorrow. So we're getting prepared at the Alamo Draft House, and I invite everyone else to do the same. <laughs> nice. That's what's up. Once again, uh, friend of the show, Brian Loy, epic film guy. Go, Loy Sauce, go. Thanks so much for coming on and talking to me. Thanks so much, Kevin. Hey, everybody. This is your girl, Devin Nikki Thomas from the Indie Capital Awards, and you're listening to my boy, Kevin Sampson with Picture Lock. It's Picture Lock. I'm Kevin Sampson. And once a year, you can find me in the Salamander Resort and Spa ordering a cheeseburger and a Malbec in between watching some amazing films during the Middleburg Film Festival. Dubbed the road to the Oscars, Middleburg is where I get to catch the films that will be getting all kinds of awards during award season. 
I have founder Sheila Johnson and executive director Susan Koch on the line. Ladies, welcome back to Picture Lock. Well, thank you. Kevin, it's great to talk to you as always. <laughs> well, listen, I'm going to let you guys take it away. You guys have, uh, uh, you know, in terms of the conversations that are going on, the amazing films that we're going to see, it's just so much. So why don't we start out with the films? Tell the audience some of the great films they can expect to see this year. Well, I'll start off with the film Green Book, which I think is going to be a real runaway success. And it is also is an indication it could be a Best Picture nomination. But uh, it took the top prize in Toronto, and it's about an African-American concert pianist. And Marshal uh, Ali, he, he plays the lead, plays the piano, and um, he hires a white driver to get him to the South. So they might be going more to yeah, so that he can um, perform. And, of course, he runs into the still problems of being black or playing while black, if you want to call it that. <laughs> but it's an extraordinary film. And uh, Chris Bowers, we're, he's also going to be there. Well, he's going to be there. He's an African-American jazz pianist and film composer for the Green Book, and he's the one that taught Marshala Ali how to play the piano the film and he's also the double playing all the piano in the film so and he's going to be performing at the film festival at green hill winery oh, and we're wow. going to have a wonderful time listening to music and have wine and conversation with this incredible composer and if you if you miss him uh, we have another great musical that we are thrilled to have diane warren uh grammy award winning nine times uh, Oscar nominee uh, Diane Warren, um, and she's composed you know so many memorable songs, and she'll be uh, performing, actually doing a, a song herself. But she has a backup band and singers, and um, it, it, I think it's going to be uh, really a wonderful event. That's Saturday at 3:30 uh, p.m. And we got Maggie Gyllenhaal coming. Uh, we're going to give her the. Um, Leading Actress Award, so we are going to be giving out awards. We've got the Lebanese director, Nadine Labaki. We're going to present her with the festival's 2018 Visionary Award. She's the first Arabic woman to win a major prize at the Cannes Film Festival. Mm. Uh, so she's, so we're very, very excited about her film, as Capernaum, right? Yeah, and, uh, it's a beautiful film. And um, um, Nadine grew up during the Civil War in Lebanon, and her film is, um, it features real people. The lead is a 12-year-old kid who's actually a Syrian refugee, and I have to say I've never seen a performance like this in my life. Uh, it, it's just, it's, it's amazing. So I, you know, I really recommend that screening on Saturday evening and again on Sunday. Uh, um, so we really recommend that. We have eight country submissions to for foreign language um, film Best Foreign Language Film Oscar um, from all over the world. And we Cold War uh, is a beautiful film. We have an Icelandic film that's kind of quirky as those films tend to be, um, but a true delight. And um, we have Lavo uh, uh, Nivis' uh, new film. He, did, he won the Oscar for Son of Saul, and we have his new film, Sunset. So I think, you know, we just have a, we have a wide variety uh, this 
here. And I want to uh, really talk a little bit about this one film, Boy Erased, which I think is also a very interesting movie because of what is going on right here, in, you know, in the world right now. And it's about the conversion treatment of a young gay man and he, his family, they're Christians, they're spiritualists, and um, uh, yeah, the yeah, he's a pastor, and um, it's just a very timely and a very interesting film. And we have Joel Edgerton, who is the director and writer, and also plays the self-anointed therapist who's going right. to cure uh, this young man. Who's and it's played by uh, Lucas Hedges, who many people will remember from Manchester by the Sea. Mm-hmm. And Nicole Kidman gives an extraordinary performance as his mother, and Russell Crowe is his father. So, um, we're and we'll have Garrett um, Conley, who actually uh, wrote the memoir that the book is that the film is based on, will be there as well as Joel Edgerton. And we haven't talked about this all morning, but I really this is one of my favorites. Can you ever forgive me with Melissa McCarthy um, and Richard Grant? I just thought, and it's a true story, it's just a great piece of work. And it's about a down-and-out writer who starts forging celebrity letters in order to pay her rent. (laughs) So um, she's not only good at it, but the letters also sell huge amounts of money. And eventually, you know, they're partners in crime. She's going to get caught. But I I just think that Melissa McCarthy and um, Richard Grant are just perfect together. And we see a side of Melissa and her acting abilities, which I've never seen. She's, you know, so much a comedian. But she's great in this movie. Yeah, it it totally looks like she uh, just disappears in the role. And, you know, you don't see Melissa McCarthy like you see uh, her character. Right, right. So, but we, we got we so have, many great um, We have uh, the... Uh, Julian Schnabel's new film about Vincent Van Gogh at Eternity's right. Gate, uh, and I think that's a, a beautiful film. We have we haven't even um, mentioned we have the favorite, which is uh, Yorgos Lathamos's new film, uh, starring Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz and Olivia Coleman, and it is I mean these three women. It's really know, something. It's something else. It's quite. I think the word might be body. Yeah. B a w y. Uh, but it's, um, I mean, it's over the top, uh, but it's uh, a real romp, you might say. And um, the costumes are incredible. They oh, were yeah. done by three-time Oscar-winning uh, costume designer, designer Sandy Powell. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, um, that's really um, a great film. And uh, to add to our diversity lineup, we have Widows which is a new film from Academy Award-winning director Steve McQueen, mm-hmm. and uh, Dallas Davis is in that film. Um, we didn't mention our Saturday night uh, film, which will also be re-shown on Sunday, The Front Runner. Oh, yeah. Now that's your, you know, quintessential Washington story. Yeah. Um, it's, and it stars Hugh Jackman as uh, former Senator Gary Hart, who, and his ill-fated 1988 presidential campaign when he was the front runner and um you know there were rumors about his um you know thank you and uh he was you know a little um 
you know, he, he, he kind of dared the media to, you know, like put a tail on me. And so some um, enterprising Miami Herald reporters did just that and caught him. And, um, you know, this is about those, those three weeks, which really, which led to the end of his um, campaign and forever closed the door on his presidential ambitions. And, um, and, I, and it really also did more than that. It, it changed the way the media covers politics. So it was really a, kind of a watershed moment. And we have director uh, Jason Reitman, who did Up in the Air, uh, Juno, uh, Thank You for Smoking, most recently Tully. Uh, people may have seen that with Charlie Theron. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he did Young Adult. Uh, so he's, uh, so we're, we're thrilled to have him as well as the screenwriters uh, joining us. Um, so we really do think that there's... Um, There'll be something for everybody. You know, we have our, our documentaries. We have a wonderful documentary about Maria Callas for all the uh, opera buffs. But you don't even have to know or like opera to love this film. Yeah. Um, we have The Biggest Little Farm, which is about this couple that uh, abandons their the city life in Los Angeles and sets out to start a, a farm, you know, a working farm. And the man is... Um, a cinematographer, fortunately, so it's spectacular photography, and his wife, a, a culinary writer, and it, they document it for seven years, all the trials and tribulations of trying to get this uh, farm going. And, uh, and you know what? Um, we didn't mention this, but we have a little sidebar that's going on at the festival. It's the first time I've even done this, and it's an art installation on the shootings in Charleston, South Carolina, at the church, and this young man um, is a great videographer and he won the Princess Grace Award and it'll be set up down at the corner um, in the town so people can just kind of go in there and sit and meditate and watch this whole thing going on. So, um, yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, Um, it sounds like it. Um, I know, unfortunately, I know we're going to run out of time in a little bit, but um, I want to make sure that people know how they can find more information um, and get tickets to come to the festival this weekend. Okay. Well, if you go to middlebergfilm.org, the website, tickets are available there. And we also have a mobile uh, app that you can download on both iPhone and Android. And it'll tell you, um, it, it actually will tell you throughout the festival which which uh, screenings still have seats. Now, I need to do a plug for the Washington Area Film Critics Association, Kevin, because <laughs> we're going to be having your... We've, we've asked you to come back by popular demand to do Talk Back to the Critics, and it'll be at Boxwood Winery on Saturday afternoon. So you have a glass of wine, and you can tell the critics what you think about the films that they've been reviewing. And... Um, I, I gather it gets a little heated, but it's, <laughs> uh, so um, you know we we hope people will turn out for that. And um, uh, we also have I just want to mention one panel that's really interesting. We have a panel called um, "Changing the World One Film at a Time," and I think that there really is. I mean, films are entertaining and engaging, but they can do so much more. And so I think we've seen over and over how, how they can expand your, your, you know, your, your world and your understanding of one another. So we, we, we we're happy to focus on that. And we actually have as one of the 
uh, panelist, the first African American to win an Oscar for screenwriting. Jeffrey Fletcher will be doing that's great. Yeah, that sounds incredible. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been talking with the founder and executive director of the Middleburg Film Festival, Sheila Johnson and Susan Koch. Um, I can, I, I mean, this is, I don't know how long, it's, I've been going to this for like the past four years, as I said. Um, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I know you guys started, I think I've only missed the, I missed the first year but this is just an incredible film festival folks most of the time i'm like just scrambling around because there's so many great films my schedule is always full the conversations are great um you just heard like i, I promise you if you go and you compare notes in regards to the films that they're showing and which films are going to have oscar buzz it's like every single one of them so you definitely want to come out and join uh, but thanks again, ladies, for coming on Picture Lock. Um, this is the an annual thing. I support this festival 100%, and I can't wait to see you guys this weekend. Thank you, Thank Kevin, you. and happy birthday early. And yeah. we'll be sure to give you a shout-out on Saturday. Okay. Awesome. Hi, I'm Talia Tibon, director and producer of Sky and Ground, and you're listening to Picture Lock. You're listening to Picture Lock. I'm your host, Kevin Sampson. And my next guest, uh, I got to give him a lot of credit, folks. Uh, earlier this year with the DC Black Film Festival, he had reached out on Facebook. Um, he was interested in volunteering. And for me personally, when I usually see something like that, I think it's, you know, okay, yeah, let's see if this person really does it. But Nick Gross, uh, he not only showed up, he worked his butt off. Uh, at the festival, did an awesome job. And Nick Gross is an actor in the DMV. He just wrapped on the short film Coping. Uh, Nick, welcome to Picture Lock. Man, thanks for having me. That was one heck of an intro. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I I try, I try. Um, but no, I, I mean, I, I that really did stand out to me. And um, I definitely want to have you on the show because I know if you work that hard just in terms of volunteering and, you know, I, I, it's something about integrity that I love um, that I know you do uh, equally as great work uh, when it comes to acting in front of the camera. So, uh, yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, no, no problem. No problem at all. So, Nick, the first question I always start out with, when did you first fall in love with film? I was little. Oh, man. Young as I can remember, um, but it was from this movie Congo. Uh, I forgot the name of the actor, but he's the black guy that uh, the only black guy in Ghostbusters. He was in—I can't think of his name—but he was in the Congo movie, and just the line, the line that he said in the movie was, "I, Monroe Kelly, I'm your great white hunter, but I happen to be black." That's my favorite line in the whole movie, but... <laughs> Man, that, that's... He, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's Ernie he, Hudson. Yeah. He he is, he is the re one of the reasons why I want to do it, but I just... I fell in love with storytelling. The love of telling stories is... The creative aspect behind it is just amazing. That expression through movies and film is... I mean, I fell in love with it. So, I mean, <laughs> that I mean, it's just pretty straightforward when it comes to that. So, 
Yeah, you know, uh, the interesting thing about that movie, Congo, that has a special place in my heart because uh, when I was in high school, we had to watch it. I don't even know why. Like, it doesn't make sense to me as to why, but uh, for this magnet program I was in, InfoLink, and I guess maybe because it was about communications, I'm not sure. But I do remember watching that and having to watch it for school, but it was one of those films that I was like, oh, wow, you know, like kind of drawn into it, um, like you said. So, so I, man, I haven't got Congo on here yet, so that's a great answer, and it's definitely a nostalgic film for me. Uh, but, Nick, if you could, like, let's talk about how did you get into the industry? How did you go from Ernie Hudson sparking your desire to want to be a part of filmmaking to actually being a part of it? Wow, that is so that is so crazy that you asked that because uh, before I had no clue how to get into acting. So me volunteering in your festival is what got me into a film. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. That's that's how I got into it. But um I took I've been Taking acting classes, I'm actually in the acting class now in D.C. So, I mean, I, I, I love the training and I love learning more about acting and just getting into character, even though I'm pretty much already a character as is. But it's more like having more body awareness and uh, sharpening up on techniques and stuff. So, um, yeah, so if I didn't... Ha- if I didn't um, if I didn't volunteer for the D.C. Black Film Festival, uh, I wouldn't have been in this film that I'm in now. So, you know, I, that's how I get my, my way into it. <laughs> I love that story because, um, you know, now I get to say, hey, D.C. Black Film Festival, you know, volunteer, get booked on a gig. <laughs> how, how, <laughs> however, you got to give yourself a little more credit. Um, now, I, if memory serves correct, you've done some modeling, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, so maybe that's the maybe that's the angle. Um, you know, how did you get into modeling? And I guess from there, like now, you're branching into um, acting. Wow, man, you did your research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I try. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, I actually I started modeling. Um, let's say two, uh, more than a little over two years ago. And the way I got into modeling, uh, I've seen a girl that I went to school with, and she was taking pictures of a bunch of people. I'm like, oh, man, I like her work. And uh, one day on Instagram, I DM'd her, and I'm like, hey, we should do a, uh, we should do a shoot. And she was like, yeah, sure. Just let me know where you want to go, and we can pick a day, and we go shoot. So I said, cool. So moving forward, we finished shooting, and she was like, you know what you should do? There's this modeling management that's in D.C., and they're having uh, auditions. And me, I'm completely new to modeling, so I had no idea uh, if that was even legit or not. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, you know what? I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a check it out. I mean, like Ray Charles or uh, um, Jamie Foxx playing Ray Charles, I always think of what he says uh, in the movie, well, there is nothing wrong with just talking. So... <laughs> That was so I went in there with that mindset. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go in here and I'm gonna see what it's all about. That's it. I'm not gonna sign nothing or anything. I just wanna hear what these people have to say. So I go 
I go and see what it's all about. They have me take some headshots and ask me what I want out of the modeling agency. And to be quite frank, it was, it had to be the most worst experience that I've ever had as a model. Mm. So that, that didn't last long, but the contract, I signed a contract and everything for six months. And from there I went, well, while I was with the management team, they had me to uh, walk in a fashion show at uh, DC Fashion Week. And to be honest with you, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> well, I did it anyway. When I, uh, I met the guy who pretty much runs DC Fashion Week, he didn't want to put me in his line at all. I wasn't recognized. But we had to do a second audition, and I came back. I worked out for about a month, got my body back a little bit. He recognized me. He put me in his line. At the end of the fashion week, he wanted to shoot me for his uh, for his line. And then uh, posted me on his Instagram. After that, I did a few more shoots with him after that. Then, I mean, I guess you could say the modeling bug hit me. I mean, everybody from photographers from everywhere was DMing me, saying that they would love to shoot me from there on. I'm like, you know what? Okay. I want to get more into acting because now I'm doing more modeling stuff. I want to I want to expand this because I really want to do acting over modeling, but I still want to do modeling as well. So. It's Picture Lock. Yeah. I'm Kevin Sampson, and I'm talking with DMV actor Nick Gross. Uh, Nick, I really appreciate you know your story because um, one and and folks, if you're listening to the radio uh, broadcast, you definitely want to make sure you subscribe in iTunes for the after show where we'll dig more into public engagement and marketing. Um, but Nick, what I really love about your story is that, you know, you, you had an idea, you, you reach out and I see like, that's a common thread. Like you reach out, um, for the things that you want. And then from there you put in the work, like you said, um, you know, making sure that, you know, your body was right so that you could, um, model. And from there, you know, it parlays into a bunch of different opportunities. So I think there's, there's really something to be said about, um, kind of reaching out and, you know, if you don't ask, you know, you don't get. And now, you know, from there, same thing with volunteering at a DC Black Film Festival has opened up for you to be in coping. So if you can, um, let's just go into coping. You just wrapped on that. Give a little bit about what the film is about and your character. It's about uh, a guy who was trying to get over a friend's death, but his friend is... I guess you could say a ghost. I'm the only person that can see him. So this is me getting over his death, but the character is not really letting go. So my character's name is Tony. Tony is uh, trying to cope with his friend's death after three years of his friend being dead, and he still hasn't got over his death. Got it. Now, I know that the film just wrapped, so... Um, maybe you could give a projection as to when uh, the film will be out according to your director. Um, but if you could, just wrapping out here, how can people reach you if they want to uh, book you for a modeling gig or acting gig? Well, I mean, the best way to reach me is through Instagram. 
which is going to be nicholas.a.gross. So it's N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S dot A dot G-R-O-S-S. That's like the best way for me to reach out to me. I rarely use Twitter. Uh, Facebook, I'm on it, but I don't really check it. So Instagram is really the best way for me. And, uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much just hit me my DMs. My DMs are on Twitter the way it used to be. So <laughs> the best way to hit me up is definitely on Instagram. But to answer your first question, uh, we submitted our film in the Make a Movie in a Month in the Wheaton Film Festival. So that's it coming out in November 2nd. So if you want to come and support, I mean, the Wheaton Film Festival is going to happen November 2nd. That's when it will be showcased. Nice. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. DMV actor, hard worker, uh, Nick Gross. Man, I appreciate you coming on Picture Lock. Man, thanks for having me, man. This is, this is awesome, man. I'm glad I was able to do this. Let's take a quick break and hear from the folks that keep the lights on. Stay tuned. What if you could have a film critic, film festival director, film publicist, and fellow filmmaker guide you with your film's PR and marketing journey from pre-production to post? I'm Kevin Sampson, and my online course, PR for the Indie Filmmaker, does just that. In this course, I'm going to teach you how to set up your film to engage an audience and build a community long before you call action. I'll show you how to approach critics to make them aware of your film like publicists do, And as a director of two film festivals, I won't just teach you hacks and secrets to reduce entry fees, but how you can use the festival circuit to create buzz around your film. I'm a huge supporter of diverse storytelling and film, and I believe the most unique voices come from indie filmmakers. That's who I've supported over the years with my show, Picture Lock, whether on TV or on radio. With as much experience as I've had as an independent filmmaker myself, critic, publicist, and festival director, I realized that most indie filmmakers just need access to the knowledge that big firms provide to achieve success. So in this course, I'm going to demystify some of the process and give you everything I know in a behind the scenes look at the sides of the business you don't always see. So if you're an indie filmmaker that's looking to change the game with your film's PR and marketing, make sure you check out PR for the Indie Filmmaker. Head on over to prfortheindiefilmmaker.com and get a free preview of the course, PR for the Indie Filmmaker. Get your film seen, build community, and become an army of one. You're listening to Picture Lock. I'm your host, Kevin Sampson, and wanting to bring together the worlds of film and philanthropy, Brad Russell founded the Washington West Film Festival in 2011. The festival gives away 100% of its annual box office net proceeds to aiding communities in various ways. This year's festival takes place October 25th through 29th. That's right, DMV listeners, you can definitely make it out next week. I have Director of Programming, Ariel Lee on the line. Ariel, welcome to Picture Lock. Hi, Kevin. Thanks so much for having me. 
It's my pleasure. I'm really excited um, about this year's festival and talking to you about it. But Ariel, the first question I always start out with, when did you first fall in love with film? So I guess this is like a two-part answer, but I, for as long as I can remember, just have always loved film. Like both my parents are really big into film and um, like a classics like Indiana Jones and Star Wars and Ben-Hur and like all those classic films, Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> um, so just for as long as I can remember, my parents just always had like VHS tapes, um, like stacks and stacks of them that me and my sisters ended up just watching on repeat. And that's just how I think film was introduced to me. But it wasn't until probably like, college or shortly after I graduated from undergrad that film started not only being entertaining but started um, taking on this like really meaningful role to me and I started like really feeling like educated like emotionally educated from film and cinema and filmmakers and writers and um, and actors in their performances just feeling like you know, some scripts were resonating with me really profoundly. So I would say um, after college was when I really realized that film, like the power of film. And eh, that's probably it. <laughs> gotcha. So so did you, did you like actually go to film school or anything like that? Yeah, no. So my background's actually in graphic design and studio art. So I went to school um, uh, basically with the um, – with the idea that I would come out of school doing like web design and graphic design. <laughs> and so I actually, yeah, started my first job out of school was as a graphic designer um, with like a local digital agency. And I was, I loved graphic design. I loved it. Like there was so much that I was learning and I felt like um, there was so much about design that I didn't know about that uh, really intrigued me. Uh, but the, the fact that I was like sitting at my desk for 40 hours a week, I kind of was craving something else a little bit um, more interactive and something um, more people facing. And so I was like looking for other creative outlets that um, I could engage myself in and found the Washington West Film Festival. So I, um, I started off as a volunteer and then after a couple of years came on full time as staff. Wow. So seven years later, here we are. So that's awesome. Um, if you could, for the audience that's listening, if you could just give us a little background on the festival and then we'll get into uh, some of the highlights for this year. Sure. Yeah. So the festival um, it was founded by Brad Russell back in 2011, and he basically wanted to start something different in um, an industry that typically kind of gets a bad rep so like it's a lot of kind of egocentric personalities and everything's about like me 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 and so he really wanted to utilize this really powerful medium and pair it with something more philanthropic and um, you know giving so he decided that he wanted to be a festival that donates all of its box office to charity organizations that are um, doing just that and um, he got a lot of feedback initially saying like, Brad, that's not possible. 
film festivals, you know, they run on box office money. And he was just so persistent and insisting that he could make it work. And so, yeah, here we are eight years later. And it's it it seems to be working. So I think we, <laughs> uh, yeah, we've tapped into something a little bit different and unique. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I, I don't know of any other festival that does that. And running two festivals myself, I know that that is... It's a huge thing to give away 100% of the net proceed, proceeds from the box office. So hats off to you guys. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Picture Lock. I'm Kevin Sampson. I'm talking with the director of programming for the Washington West Film Festival, which takes place October 25th through 29th this year. Um, uh, Ariel Lee, if you could uh, just let us know some of those great highlights that, you know, will be coming this year um just looking at the website there's there's all kinds of great films and conversations to look forward to yeah so it's it's so tough because being the director of programming i you know curate the entire festival lineup and so i really start to fall in love with all of the films so it's hard to pick out highlights but i will do my best um so i guess i'll do like one documentary one narrative and one short film we'll keep it at that uh, so one of my favorite uh, narrative films that was submitted to us is called Rich Kids, and it is a film that features uh, predominantly uh, young Latino um, actors and actresses and main character leads. So it is kind of the story about um, these kids who break into this house and just to use their pool on like a on a on a Sunday afternoon or something. And um, it kind of, they start to push their luck and things start to spiral out of control. But what's so wonderful about this film is that, well, one, it's inspired by true events. And then two, that some of the actors, I did some research, some of the actors aren't even actors. They're just um, people who got pulled into the project. And so they don't have any acting experience, but um, which kind of adds to the authenticity of it. And so it's this really powerful film with really powerful performances and it's just nice to see it refreshing to see a film where um, the cast is, um, you know, not maybe not what you would see if you're going to like a theater, um, you know, it's, it's definitely something refreshing and, and I love that film. Um, a documentary that I really excited about is this one called General Magic. So it's a film about how this group of individuals who came from basically kind of spawned off from Apple in like the 80s and 90s. And these like really bright young professionals who were just kind of getting started in their careers. And they basically experimented creating what now kind of resembles an iPhone. And if you just think about having an iPhone like back in the late 80s, early 90s, it's kind of unheard of because that's when like, you know, email was just getting introduced. And um, it, it's basically about how this company just completely tanked because the market wasn't ready for something so sophisticated because it had, you know, this this handheld device had all of these um, uh, like features, like you could, you know, email and you could, there were emojis and there were games and like people at that time didn't even have email addresses. So it was, it was about this company that completely failed for being really innovative and, um, and how that 
really laid down the groundwork for kind of what we have today. And it's a really fascinating film and we're going to get some cast and um, yeah, some of the, some of the folks who are part of that initiative to come and do a Q and A afterwards. So yeah, if I can, exciting stuff. if I can jump in on there, um, you know, having, yeah. having seen general magic, it's definitely a film to, to see, especially um, in a day and age where right now I have my iPhone in my pocket I am recording, um, you know, this, but using my MacBook Pro, you know, to have yeah. all, host all my notes and all this kind of stuff. And it's so cool to kind of see, like, the original vision. And so a lot of times we think that, oh, yeah, the iPhone came out early, you know, 2000s. But it's like, um, you know, a lot of the groundwork was laid through General Ma Magic in the 80s, 80s, 90s. And just like you said, just to kind of see how, I think they say it in the film as well, they're like, or actually, I'm going to go to another uh, film, which is in the MCU yeah, go for it. with Iron mm -hmm. Man. Um, you know, mm -hmm. his, his father was like, we won't have the technology in my time, but you'll be able to do it. And I think it's kind of like one right. of those things where, like, they talk about how the chips were so large and, you know, they had to s skinny it down and things like that. But it's a lot kind of, in, in a way, like the social network in terms of it's uh, equally about the tech, but then also about the challenges and the character struggles yeah, um, of the, the people involved. Um, so it was actually funny because last night I was I was on eBay and uh, one of the guys that like <laughs> created eBay came from that uh -huh. that crew of General yeah. Magic. So yeah, it's definitely one to check out. Yeah, definitely. And then I'll just be quick about our shorts programs. We have like I think short films maybe don't get as much recognition from like mainstream crowds because you don't really you know see too many short films being played in you know theaters or um, on Netflix even. So like. It, I I was actually shocked by uh, kind of how powerful short films can be. Like it could be a 10 minute film and it really packs a punch. So we have a ton of award-winning films and a bunch of filmmakers, both local and domestic and international coming to um, talk about their short films. And so I would recommend, I would recommend any of our short, short programs. They're, they're wonderful. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Picture Lock. I'm Kevin Sampson. I'm talking with the director of programming for the Washington West Film Festival, Ariel Lee. Ariel, if you could, um, I definitely want to ask you a couple more questions, but, uh, you know, how can folks find out more information about the festival? Yeah, so you can visit our website at www.filmfest.com. We have a, an in-person headquarters and box office at the Ruston Town Center where we show most of our screenings at. Um, and those are probably the two best hubs for information. And, um, yeah, our website's pretty comprehensive. So hopefully we'll see you there. Most definitely. Um, so... You know, I know there's probably, so first off, I think one thing that we should say is that uh, the festival will be taking place at the Bowtie Cinemas in um, Reston, VA, uh, Virginia. Mm -hmm. So um, just making sure people know that, you know, if you live in the DMV, this is definitely one that's in your backyard. Um, but it's one of the ones that I definitely have seen grow, like over you know, the seven years that it's been going, it has really grown. So there might be some fans of the show Arrested Development, um, and Tony Hale will be out there uh, <laughs> this year. Um, could you talk a little bit about that? 
Yeah, so Tony Hale actually grew up in Winchester, I believe, and went to the same high school as our founder, Brad. So they kind of had that reference and touch point, and um, Tony was interested in you know coming and supporting us because he has a really big heart and kind of a, a, a passion for philanthropy also. Um, one of his big passion you know, projects or um, causes, issues is human trafficking. Um, and so I think seeing that we're doing something where we're combining film and philanthropy, I think really attracted him to our festival. So yeah, we'll be having him. We'll host, we'll be hosting him um, on Saturday, uh, October 27th. And he'll be talking a little bit about his career, some of the highlights and also just kind of his outlook on um, Hollywood and the industry. I know he has a lot to say about that and, we're really excited. We actually have a really special guest moderating the panel. Um, Lauren Graham from Gilmore Girls and Parenthood will also be here the same day. Um, both her and Tony are big fans of each other, so <laughs> they will be interviewing each other at um, their own respective events, and uh, we're really excited about that. That's never happened at our festival before, so she'll be coming and you know doing something similar, talking about her career as a actress but also as a writer and she's been um yeah she's been uh, dedicating a lot more time to writing and she has a couple books under her belt so we're really excited to have both of them at our festival yeah it sounds like it's going to be an amazing time uh again folks you can go to www.filmfest.com uh, to get more information. Um, Ariel, it's been great talking to you. It sounds like it's just going to be uh, an amazing time. I've seen some of the films that are going to be there. Um, I'm looking forward to actually seeing Widows pretty soon, and I know you guys have that as uh, your closing night film, yeah. and people can get hyped about that. That was one of my um, most anticipated uh, films of the fall. So the fact that, you know, the Steve McQueen film is playing there, um, folks, it's a lot of great stuff to see. Yeah, we're really excited. And we're lucky that Robert Duvall, one of the cast members of Widows, will be present walking the red carpet and doing a Q&A afterwards. So we're really, really excited about Widows. It's probably the biggest film we've gotten um, in the you know entirety that our festival has been in existence. So we're really excited about that. That's awesome. So one more time, Ariel, if uh, you could, like, how can folks get in contact with you guys, follow you on social media? Yeah, so um, just all of our handles are www.filmfest, or www.filmfest, so just follow us. Um, we do a lot of, uh, you know, fun updates and raffle giveaways, so um, trivias, Trivia Tuesdays on um, Facebook, so if you engage with us, you'll likely uh, maybe win some tickets. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, once again, folks, it's been the Director of Programming for the Washington West Film Festival, Ariel Lee. Ariel, thanks so much for coming on Picture Lock. Thank you so much. It was fun. That's all for this episode. I'd like to thank my guests, Brian Loy, Sheila Johnson, Susan Koch, Nick Gross, and Ariel Lee for coming on the show. For you radio listeners, make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear Nick's after show conversation with me. It's only available on the podcast, but has a host of information, which I'll be dropping for Motivation Monday. I hope you guys have been enjoying it. I think it's going to give you a lot of practical nuggets 
for you practitioners out there actually making films, acting in the filmmaking business. You can do that in iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Blueberry, wherever you catch your podcast, so you can catch those unlocked versions of the show and the after show as well. If you're a fan of Alexa skills, just say, Alexa, play Picture Lock Podcast, and I'll come right up. Feel free to leave a five-star review of the show as well. It only helps to get the show out even more. You can find Picture Lock on most social media. All social media is at Picture Lock Show. Watch back episodes of the TV show at youtube.com slash picture lock show and subscribe. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> if you're interested in being a guest on the show, you can fill out the form on the website. So no question of the week this week. I'm starting to feel like it's just a lot of work, um, but I do enjoy doing it. But for this week, just drop me a voicemail at 202-350-1351 or send me an email and let me know at picturelockshow at gmail.com or any of Picturelock's social media pages. Just let me know what you thought of this week's show or Halloween when you see it. Look forward to getting those messages. All music is done by Mike S. The Producer 13. Make sure you follow him on all things social media at Mike S. The Producer, numeral one, numeral three, and hit him up for your music production needs. Thanks, bro. I'm Kevin Sampson, and until next time, I hope you stay locked on film.